This podcast is not meant to be informative or educational and has the potential to be completely irrelevant. This is Property Jam. about everything on the human side of property and we have a very lovely human with us on this episode and I'm not even going to bore you to tears explaining who he is and what he does I am going to leave that to the man himself so let me introduce you property jammers the one the only Kevin Whelan who are you sir hello there well I'm the founder and originator of Wealth Builders and Wealth Builders is a community of like-minded people who like to have a jam or two themselves, you know, <laughs> when it comes to the subject of building wealth. And of course, the most popular strategy for all of our students is property. No secrets there, the easiest to replicate, the most fun you can have uh, with your clothes on, I guess. It's uh. really, really a great place to be. Anyway, 95% of the population just simply don't get to become financially independent which means at some point then they're going to live a life of uncertainty and compromise. And I don't think that's really needed. So over the course of the years, I've kind of developed a bit of IP, intellectual property, for those who don't know that one, uh, to help people create a step-by-step, easy-to-follow process to understand and put into action the seven and only seven ways that you can build wealth. That's a lead-in to a question, I'm sure. And um, we've got a thriving community. We're loving what we're doing. Everything is about the human side because it's all about connectivity and relationships. But building wealth is a serious issue, but it needs to be fun along the way. Yeah, definitely. Well, you know, wealth is a team sport. It's fun, isn't it? Otherwise, it's just dead boring. Um, and yeah, trying to do it on your own is, 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 is difficult. It's also lonely and it's, and it's boring. And uh, yeah, you get further faster if you're doing it with others, right? safer and more enjoyable actually true yeah Um, talk about boring i spoke to kevin last week just before this hang on was coming on talked about about the subject of being boring (laughs) not that kevin is boring just to clarify and i said to talk about his own podcast and i was like i wasn't sure before i listened to it i was like this is quite a dry topic not sure if wealth creation is something that would be interesting in a podcast but it is actually really interesting oh there you go there's a lot of fun that can Praise be had indeed. with it yes well i'll yeah. probably have to get you guys on as well and and see if oh we can god really session. Do, do, do you dare kevin do you dare <laughs> so, well, yeah we can, we can have a wealth jam a wealth jam yeah. a wealth jam sandwich oh. i like that we should give that a go yeah. definitely yeah. what would it taste like it would taste a little awkward and difficult at the start. It would be like champagne, you know, it's an acquired taste. Oh, clever. Very clever, good, link. Very good. clever link to Louise Reynolds episode. If you haven't listened to that, Property Jammers, download it. Was, it was a good one. We talked all about champagne. So, yeah. And frogs. And frogs in the bogs. And frogs yeah. in bogs. Mm, yeah. It was a good one. <laughs> <laughs> but also, um, I'll just say it's a uh, happy new year. This episode is going out in the new year. So happy new year to you. Um, Kevin, um, 2021. Do you have any um, mega plans for 2021? Well, the plans remain exactly as they were, which is to try and spread the message that, you know, we've we've learned anything from the previous circumstances and hopefully the light at the end of the pandemic tunnel is the vaccine. 
Mm -hmm. uh, but if we have noted the uncertainty that that's caused, we really want to redouble our energies to get people to focus on not trading time for money, not trading activities for money, but to build assets, to build wealth, and then they can be certain of their life, irrespective of who's in government, whether we're Brexit or not, whether we're in a pandemic or not, whether interest rates go up or down, whoever's in charge at number 10, you know, financial certainty gives us a pathway to all sorts of different freedoms of time, location, money, relationships, so you can be with who you want, when you want, all those good things. And uh, we're, we're just going to major and uh, focus on that for the remaining part of or the future part of 2021 as we record now which is in December. Amazing I think it's great actually because I think what this year has certainly well sorry this year I say last year now because it's coming out in 2021 but we're recording it in 2020 um, I think 2020 has actually done something pretty awesome I think it's woken people up so despite the sadness and the trauma and the loss that so many have suffered and that might be financial that might be you know family members who have been victim of of covid yeah. so what i've seen and conversations i've had have been really about that realization of what i'm doing and the job model is it just didn't work it failed like massively and so i've got to do something different so i think 2021 there's going to be a real appetite for change and asset investment and obviously property. And I think it's going to be a super interesting year. I think the other focus that, that we've had is, you know, when you reflect on the fact that the schooling system still is predicated on the idea that people get to, you know, get good grades, get good jobs and, and work for the long-term trading time for money is just based on, what I think is an outdated modality now. I think it's much more about adding value. If you're going to be in a job, play on the team temporarily, upskill yourself, move on to something better, get confident. And then with that confidence comes the ability to build assets. So we're, we've engaged now in our own program. We've, uh, we've got members in our community who've written financial fairy tales for, for the youngsters, sort of you know, getting a little bit of idea about money and, and gold coins. Uh, we've got something being written for the mid-teens and then something for the 16 year eight, 16 to 18 year olds. Because one of the big things we do in Wealth Builders is we, um, and now and I were talking about this last time, is we encourage our clients to take control of things that possibly they've forgotten about. And one of those is their pension, another great subject. But we get them to think about owning that and turning it into their future, not a reflection of the past. And part of that means bringing your children in when they reach 18 so that it becomes almost like a family trust fund mm -hmm. and they get to then learn how to do some things and participate in some things. So instead of just having a legacy of money and dad dies and they go, oh, thanks, dad. You know, it's all good. Uh, thanks for the money, but, you know, but no wisdom. We encourage a process of passing on money, wisdom and participation from from the earliest age possible. Love most people don't take it from their parents. They they need somebody else as an external educator because when you're young, your parents tell you what to do. You rebel against it, don't you, as soon as you can. Oh, God, yeah. Yeah. Mm. yeah. It's something that's um, actively on my mind. Thing, Joe, I have to say. Oh, listen, you, 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 you've got my card marked. Well done, Kevin. Yeah. <laughs> so well, you, you, mentioned, you mentioned quite early on that property obviously was a, was a big player in the wealth creation. So what, yeah. what does the human side of property look like to you? Yeah, that's a great question. And I think it's twofold. One, I think it's 
is the fact that, you know, when, if you think about any aspect of property, um, whether it's the finding of the property, whether it's the funding of the property, whether you're doing properties up, whether you're selling them or keeping them, in the end, this is all built through teamwork. And the best way to enjoy that is to recognize it's not a DIY activity. And a lot of people come into property with that kind of DIY mentality. I think I should do it myself to save cost. Absolutely. But my experience is if you engage with not just professionals, but like-minded people in communities, and what I've found in property more than anything else actually, is the community spirit for people wanting to share something they've done for no benefit, not like doing your homework when you had your hand over so you couldn't see, yeah, none of that stuff. It's genuine open sharing without trying to reciprocate in money terms. And I think it's only the that community and also I would say the SaaS community that we built uh, over 4,000 strong now, people meeting, talking about their pensions. Can you believe it? It's weird. Yeah. Uh, but they do. And that's a community of sharing as well. So what I've found is the human side is all about community. Oh, I love it. Yeah, a mm. conversation, right? Because money and pensions and, you know, it's a bit of a, a taboo subject, isn't it? You know, people always aren't is, yeah. always comfortable, you know, especially British people. You know, we get yeah. all a bit funny mm-hmm. about talking about money. And so, yeah, it's, it's, it's really great that you've created such a safe community where people can yeah. have the conversations openly, but also do something positive with that resource that yeah. just benefits them, but generations yeah. going forward, mm. right? It's people amazing. get shocked to the, the degree of sharing. They come in and they they think because, you know, I suppose normally you see people in certain aspects of wealth, certain spheres, we kind of know who they are, where it's all driven about how much can they sell you. It's the share of your wallet that they're after. And they kind of suspect people and they have this kind of nervous look, the tilt of the head, think, mm, what's going on here? But when they get to really see and go, hang on a minute, this person is telling me what they did. They're going to show me what they've done, COVID allowing. They're going to teach me something that I didn't know and give me a contact to somebody who saved them an intellectual shortcut that they didn't have for themselves. Why are they doing that? Mm. And you go, yeah, that's the community that's been created. And, and I think part of the community, and I think you're doing it yourselves, is you create common traditions, um, common language, common practices and processes. And you've got that with what's the human side and, and asking the question. And you've, you've framed that yourself. And I think it's really, really powerful what you're doing. And I'm sure you'll create a, a substantial following yourselves wherever you tend to. Uh, to want to direct that to even if it's just a jam and have a bit of fun oh <laughs> you that's really sweet but you know what I, I was thinking just going going back to what you were saying about the conversation I think something what's lovely about what you're talking about is not just a community of like-minded individuals coming together to learn and share but the knowledge that they then take back bridges um generations so actually you're creating conversations in families that probably would never have happened. And that's, I mean, if you've got like dad or granddad or, you know, grandma and th- th- talking about money, it's just like those, those conversations don't happen. And if that's happening across generational gaps, that's pretty damn awesome. Like mm, it's, that's kind of cool. weird. it's one of the weird things that's happened over the course of doing this work is yes, of course, I just spoke a moment or two ago about creating intellectual value, just softly and gently aimed at the, the kind of younger generation but it's funny I've got a 
my mother's still alive, God bless her. She's in Newcastle, so she's a hardened Geordie, right? So I'll do the Geordie accent for you in a minute, if you like. <laughs> and I was talking to her the other day. I call her up every Sunday, and I was saying something about it. And um, normally, if, if anybody knows my story, by the way, i just give you context now. I'm segueing. Is my father died very young at age 46. Uh, so because we were genetic carbon copies, I thought, bloody hell, I'm not going to live that long. I better get my own act in order, which is the reason why I'm very, very good at this uh, and creating wealth for myself and then teaching it to others. Anyway, so I'm part of her pension, right? So she didn't get a pension. Dad died didn't without leaving good things behind. You know, that's bad news for her. So I'm a kind of her pension. And when I send her money, she said, hey, Kevin, can I put it in me sass? <laughs> and she hasn't even got sass. She's heard the language. And she, she now wants a sass when you know, an 18 year old woman with no idea what's going on, but she wants to put it in her sass. Put it in her sass. <laughs> oh, that's Love so that. cute. A sassy lady, that's for sure. Oh, good honor. That's lovely. But it, I suppose, in a, albeit through sad circumstances, being able to help your mum has been a huge human motivator for you, right? Because I suppose it's become a mission in a lot of ways, you know? It's, it's, it's informed so much of what you do and have gone on to do in, in helping others. I mean, it's... Uh... Yeah. I, I guess, you know, looking after the family was not the priority at the point when I was 25 when he died. It was more about, what am I going to do? You know, yeah. so then you discover the consequences. And it took a while, you know, I didn't become... A wealthy person in five years it took a while because there were no guides there was no community there were no mentors it was a journey of self-discovery and as i've charted that journey and shared it with others it's now much more possible and i think like they say on all good airplanes you know make sure you fix your own face mask on before you help others yeah mm. you have to Charity get a certain place uh, where you feel confident that your income is just bulletproof you know you've got not just one flow but multiple flows and I talk about at least, you know, seven flows, seven different assets. Still, nobody's asked me that question yet. Well, see, we can't, Kev, because I see, I've been called you Kev. I've kept it real cash there. Watch out now, Joe. Watch out. <laughs> <laughs> right, you can call me Joanna in reply and get really formal with me. Um, mm -hmm. No, because, you know, we, we don't, you know, I get you get our flavour. Like, we don't want to be too informative and we don't want to be too educational. Right. And I think, yeah, people can look up what you do. But I That's think it. for me, what's interesting about you, and I think probably what a lot of people don't realise is actually the conversation in the community that you're creating. I mean, that just feels, that just radiates from your work. That is such a human motivator and it just sits beautifully in the kind of jamming conversations that we have as a podcast. Yeah, I love I mean, it. What's, what's fascinating to me is we've got our own language and I'll use one or two of the words just because it's useful. Mm. We use each asset we call a pillar. So if you imagine it's just like a foundation, solid, seven robust pillars and a roof on top. That's essentially the logo of Wealth Builders. And, um, and the, the community talk the language of pillars. You know, I'm, going, I'm, I'm going to focus on pillar three this week and they're starting to use. And when you get a community that share the language, they see something in each other that almost differentiates them that once they learn it, they want to teach it to others because they go, well, what do you mean you don't know what a pillar is? You know, well, there are only seven of them and this is what they are. So they talk about it. But it also creates like a, so it differentiates, uh, you know, it differentiates them, um, but it also creates such an inclusiveness as well, doesn't it? Because it becomes yeah. a real, like you say, a community language and it's, yeah. uh, it's almost like a, 
an exclusivity about it. It's like, oh, you're not in the club. It's like, get in the club, because when you get in the club, you can talk about the seven pillars, right? Like, it's cool. And that's that community you're talking about. I love yeah, it. Exactly right. Yeah, it's cool. I have to say the, that the intergenerational thing is very um, kind of close to my heart at the moment, because I've got um, five, well, we'll be six-month-old um, shortly. And uh, yeah, a lot of the thoughts have been coming to, like, how do I make sure that we don't, you know, F this up? And you know, create a create a monster. So how how do we how do we ensure that you know, she is um, well educated in the the you know, the ways of wealth and you know creating you know doing the right games and and saying the right things and um, and it wasn't it wasn't until we started property about five years ago that um, conversations really opened up about money with my folks as well because I invest with them and. Um, you know, now my through, through the work that we've done in property and understanding wealth, uh, we've like my nephews who are older than my kids, uh, my daughter, they've already got pensions. My daughter's already got a pension. Um, it's doing much better than mine uh, because <laughs> because, because, because she was born in July when the, when the when the markets were were shot. So she's up about fifteen percent already just from the recovery from July. That's why so, she was uh, looking happy this morning. She was looking very <laughs> pleased with herself. She knows. <laughs> Yeah. yeah so uh so I, th I think that the whole intergenerational thing is is is, is very powerful and yeah, i definitely resonate with that um, I think for the most part matt what i see is uh kids will follow even if they don't know the language they'll absorb some of the language which they'll do naturally but they'll follow the principles that you show so mm -hmm. if your principles are coherent with the outcomes you want they'll follow that so in other words if you if you encourage creativity. So for example, one of the things we do, and it's funny because I think Joe's going to like this. So we have um, a well, a, a chart, okay, that, that uh, our clients put on their wall and we call it the wealth chart. And on it, we're measuring recurring income. So how much recurring income is flowing into your life right now? And the objective is to go from, well, where you are now to where you want to be. Now, let's say the target is 10 grand a month, which is the average people want to be independent. And then there's a thermometer, like a big red thermometer. And every time you add another, say, to property and you add another 300 quid to your recurring income, you raise the line, you color it in, you know, like, and, and we've got pictures of, of families with their kids coloring in the thermometer, getting mom and dad to a higher level. Now, they don't understand why the heck they're doing it. But they will, won't they? Because they participated at Aww. some level. And another one is um, I challenge my kids because kids are great with technology. I hate the, the job of doing a sort of what we call a debits, which is a look at all of your debt, education, bills, insurance, tax and support costs. That's what that means. Once a year. Right. And pick a random date, but do it the same date every year. So they do it. And I get my kids to go, right, um, Michael, you're on the how can we save money on the utilities simon you're looking at that and and so on and, and we give them a little task to do and they can save some money and then if they save that money that's that's money saved in the in the home and then you replant the seeds of the money you've saved into some asset so it's a kind of a congruent thing that the kids gradually learn and it's just part of their dna now they think about it that way and they want to help um, whichever way they can. So it's all good fun. You You're right, Kevin. I did like that. That was I really like that. good. Yeah, like that, that was well. really cool. I think it's really, really good. I think it's lovely. I think it's mm. 
it's visual it's kind of it's also subliminal you know it's um it's it's inclusive it's it's lovely and it's it's that whole community thing like you're creating conversations and community all over the place within the home within the spaces that you provide and the knowledge that you share yeah. Big fan. Mm. I think oh, it's. Uh, yeah, go on, go on. I just think it is. I think it's very impressive because when I, from as as when I was growing up, my parents never spoke to me about money, or finances, or anything. If there were, you, I would obviously you would you would, you could see if they were having a tough month or they were struggling for whatever reason because yeah. you could tell it in their their body language, the way that they were reacting. But they would never tell us what was going on. Um. So I never never had those conversations. It was always taboo, and mm. even yet. Speaking to my mum about money is still something that doesn't happen very often. It's always a very uncomfortable subject. Yeah. But it was kind of similar. Although I was older, it was similar to yourself when, when my dad passed away. That was the thing that gave me the kick in the backside to actually think about my future and to do something uh, more worthwhile than just giving up my time for somebody else's benefit. Yeah, that's an interesting point that. I mean, I, I came from a working class background in uh, Newcastle. And we didn't talk about money then. It was never talked about. Um, it just had to be talked about just because, you know, I decided to try and educate the family. Actually, another thing that I just love to do, and I should have mentioned this, is um, we, it's almost like the, kid, the, the creativity of kids just never ceases to amaze me. So we've got um, a process that we, you know, I said that we want to try and get somebody from where they are now to where they want to be. Mm -hmm. and say that's 10 grand a month and we say well that's the objective of your family wealth business All right so we get them to call their family wealth business something and then create a logo for it and we ask them to involve the kids and you won't believe how touching it is when you see uh, things made up of the kids names clasping hands you know little acorns big trees it's all about the personal touch um, and I'd forgotten that when you asked about the human side and that's bringing the kids in to create logos. And we say to the family members, you know, the grown-ups that we teach, get your kids to help you with a logo, have a dinner and talk about that and get them to create something. And if I could show you, it would bring tears to your eyes. Aww. It's so touching what the kids create with their parents. And that, that way they get connected to the objective and it gets them to stay focused even when times are tough like now. Um, they get they stay connected to it because they know what they want. Mine is wealth builders together, which is five clasping hands around a circle because there's five of us in my family, and we're all part of the same thing. And it's it's very powerful when you get the kids involved. Sorry, yeah. I love it. I, love it. I was thinking yeah. like there's a, it's really interesting. I, my brain is. I, I always work in like alliteration so the the letter P follows me around a lot. Um, mm -hmm. You know, property just being one of them. Um, yeah. But the letter C seems to follow you around a lot because you're every single time you talk about something, you've got, you know, the community that you've created, you've got the connections that you create, they've got the conversations that you create. But the, the, the one that you just said then is about creativity. And I think that is something else that obviously you're doing because you're a, there is almost um, a creative element to this to, to this wealth that people are obviously they're creating wealth so creation yeah. in, of, of money in and of itself yes boys that's an insider podcast joke well, i think um, i've that one out now yeah okay um but but also there's an artistic element 
you know, that's, you know, with, with the visuals that you're creating with the thermometer, with the, you know, the kids yeah. and it's, that's just yeah. fab. It's interesting you you pick on that. And I, I, I talk about wealth being a combination of. There's of, another C, combination. Yeah, there you go. Artistry and science. And it's like a bridge, you know, you're, 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 you're building a bridge from point A to point B. And we have a visual for, for the group, which is wherever you are, you're reaching out forward to be helped and you're reaching behind you to help someone. Yes. And, but either way, you're all crossing the same bridge. Crossing, <laughs> another one. Shut up. <laughs> I, can, I can think of another C. It's that, it's that artistry and science because there's mathematics, of course, behind the science of building wealth because property is, a, is an issue where you have to understand the numbers, the yields, the ROIs and all sorts of numbers that people will be familiar with. But it's all about... The, the art of what's possible and that's usually best done by an insight from somebody else because when you think you think with this you've got one way of thinking one way of doing things you've got a way of doing things that's normal and then it's the interaction of other people that takes the blinkers off and makes you see a bit wider yeah. and it's those distinctions that can inspire people to go you know I never even thought to ask that question Mm-hmm. Not just what, you know, can you answer the question, but how can you help me understand to ask a question I didn't even know existed? And yeah. that's what that sort of whole army of people working together. I'll try and find another C for you as we go through it. Oh, there'll be more, I'm sure. It'll creep <laughs> out. <laughs> well, at this point, uh, may, uh, Kevin, we'll go lo- over to you. I believe you've got a question prepared for us. Well, the, the issue for me, you know, I heard the, the question that you had on a previous podcast, and I wanted mm-hmm. to make it really quite simple and yep. also reveals a little of you, which is, you know, I very much resonated with Louise, who said, you know, property can show you the good and the bad in people. And I don't want to focus on bad, but I'd like, as I've been talking about sharing, what can you remember of someone sharing something with you? that made a difference to you and made an insight to you, or if not with you, with somebody else. So what, what's been a great piece of sharing that somebody gave in and of themselves, oh, got that in. Nice. Um, that they just wanted to help and it wasn't for money and it wasn't, wasn't uh, a service they were delivering. They just unmitigated sharing and you saw it and you went, wow, that was bloody good. There's your question. Oh, that's a biggie. Yeah. So, your question: Who shared with you, and what impressed you? What made you go wow? And silence. Don't <laughs> silence. Yeah, that's Big sad. One. I would it's have thought good... you would have had loads of sharing. No, I have. You know, it's it's funny because I'm thinking not just in property. I'm thinking, yeah. you know, broader. Like, wh- which is the one I'd choose? You know, like it's. Um... Choose anyone. Yeah. Um... Nothing's immediately jumping out to me. So have you not had um, a mentor or a guide or anybody who's give, given you something for free? Yes, definitely. I definitely have mentors um, throughout the years, um, definitely the last five years. Um, but generally, you've, there's been some kind of monetary um, payment for that. So I'm just trying to think outside of that or yeah, when someone goes above and beyond. Like what, was, what was the best value tip that you ever had then? You know, that whether you paid for it or not, and mm. I'm sorry that the question has, has made you um, stutter and stumble just a touch. I didn't mean that to happen. I thought it would be you guys <laughs> driven, you know. Yes, I remember you didn't even have to give a name, but this person just gave me 
half an hour yeah. of their time and they made such a difference to me. It was great. Or I saw Fred do this and it was just brilliant. Because um, that's what well, I... There's a, well, there's, there's a mutual friend of ours who um, um, is uh, called Amy, and um, she has given me lots of just random insights just um, through short conversations and just catching up with her briefly um, mm -hmm. about she, she is, um, she's a friend, um, but very successful in her own right and does, you know, just seems to be a little bit ahead of, um, of everything. So um, to be ahead on the research on something. And yeah, she's one of the reasons we got involved in the podcasting in the first place. Mm. Um, it was, uh, Niall suggested it. And then Amy actually went, yeah, you, you guys need to do that. So we said so we did. And, and that's kind of been a, a no, a no brainer. So, you know, with how, how much our reach has grown over the last year, it's been um, an amazing thing. And well, yeah, so she's she's been um, really great. And I haven't, actually haven't spoken to her in a little while. Um, I'm seeing her on she... Saturday, actually. I'm on a panel oh, yeah. with her. Yeah. Mm. Oh, yeah. Say mm. hi. I will. I think for for me, it's um, from from one of my mentors, Mark Dalton. And um, one of his one of his sayings is just baby steps. Just one sprint in front of the other and just yeah. keep going. But when we last year, myself and uh, Mark Dalton and Lindsay ran a, a mastermind group um, that I was part of, and we went and we uh, climbed Kilimanjaro together last year. And he's like, he, he equates business to climbing a mountain. It's just one foot in front of the other. Just nice. keep going. And just, but I, I think like a lot of people, when you start investing in property or whatever it might be, you want to be a millionaire overnight. And you want to do the big developments and you want to do the nice, sexy stuff. You don't want a little buy to let in Burnley because that's not, you know, that's not going to make you a millionaire. But but by getting lots of those little buy to lets in Burnley, you will get there. It's just little baby steps. Yeah. That's a lot of property. <laughs> you get to a million quid in Burnley. <laughs> <laughs> well, I tell you, that just while Joe's thinking about hers, there's just an insight that continues that thought now, which is... Um, Wealth is a journey of transformation, okay? So you don't know how you're going to transform. You just kind of got to trust that you will. And I call it a bit like going on a safari, you know? You just want to go. You know you're going to see some great things, but you can't control the animals and you can't quite control anything. But you go there knowing and hoping things are going to work. And you just know it always does. And the thing about when you're making steps is you're changing your landscape. You're meeting different people. You're seeing Burnley, but when you pass Burnley, you saw something else. And... And that changes you and it makes you more confident. You expand yourself by just the process of movement. Yeah. I think that that's the kind of key thing that I think flows from that. So a great insight, isn't it, from uh, Mark yeah. And it's just, just simple, but very, very powerful. Yeah. Yeah, I think what you say there about Kevin, about trusting the process is something which I have definitely grasped hold of in the last five years is about because obviously when you go into property you you're like well, i'd never bought a property before and you, you're kind of going just trusting the process so you've done your numbers you've done you know you've got it checked so you go and go th through the process of buying it you're like so you've exchanged contracts what, 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 what do you mean what just happened so <laughs> something in thin air and <laughs> um, say so, okay i've exchanged contracts you completed okay what does that mean what just so you just trust the process and you keep going through it um and um I think I definitely agree that having someone there 
um, holding your hand, you know, because because we, as you may or may not know, you know, we, we have mentors and coaches and have, have had the last five years, and we're also mentoring and coaching others. So, uh, in the same way, we are kind of sharing our, our knowledge and, um, but cons- but knowing where we want to go, um, trusting the process, trusting the process, um, having the blinkers on, but kind of knowing where you're going, but just being aware of the landscape. That's the way that I quite like to look at it. Is because ha- if you don't have your blinkers on, then you kind of end up going all over the place and yeah, shiny, okay. pe- shiny penny syndrome can get a, get a, get in the way but if you could be aware of the yeah where you're going yeah. mm-hmm. okay good one joe we're giving you enough time yeah no i had I, I, the problem was i had too many that, that was the was, problem he was filtering them what's going to be newsworthy right yeah so, because it, you know like because when you said it I was like oh there's property stuff but then there's personal stuff too and I was thinking you know what's had the the biggest impact and I think um it's probably more the personal stuff actually because property you know we went down the formal education route and so that was just super supportive and I paid a mentor and all the rest of it so for me it's much about you know you talk about wealth being a transformation it's much more about the human element of that transformation and 2020 has been a huge year of transformation for me because I've had to kind of question so much. And I think one thing, and Amy, interestingly, came up in my first thought as well, Matt. At the start of the year, I went on Amy's podcast, Focus on Why. Um, and yeah, she she described me as a human battery charger. And that conversation with her has gone on to help create a new business around performance coaching. And I'm so grateful to her because partly this podcast is as a result of a conversation with her and the belief she's had in us, but also that inspired me. And I think having somebody external see you in a certain way is really powerful, but that also then my brain connected to something my best friend said, shout out to Zoe Clark, who quite frankly is one of the most incredible human beings in my world. I've never mentioned her on this podcast, but I'm gonna say it because I went through a really difficult time during lockdown in the early stages where I was separating from my partner. And you know, you when you go through something like that, you doubt everything that you are, you sort of think, and I felt like I was draining the people in my life because I was in such a vulnerable position. And my friend left me a voice note on WhatsApp, my best friend, and she said, there are drains in your life and there are radiators. And she said, and drains will literally suck everything from you. Whereas radiators, they will radiate. And even sometimes, you know, the radiator might need a bit of love and attention because, you know, maybe it needs a bleed (laughs) or maybe it just needs a bit of maintenance or it might need a paint, you know, but ultimately it always radiates. And again, that fed into, you know, sort of like rebuilding my confidence and being able to kind of feed that into launching a new business. Um, So, yeah, it looks like Amy's going to get a couple of bottles of champagne this year then. (laughs) We love Amy. She's a friend of the podcast. We love her so much. But um, there's also something and this is why I wanted to sort of say this is more on the business side, um, but it links the personal. Often when we try and do something new for the first time, I think we harbor a lot of blocks, right? Like it's, there's, there's, there's always something and it's normally from our past. And there's normally crap that we've got that we carry with us. And we might blame certain people in our life, especially when it comes to money for not having enough money. That's, uh, you know, why didn't anyone teach me about money? Why did I not know about property? Why was I raised in, in, a, in a family where there was no money? And I remember my business coach. So big, again, a big shout out to Anna Parker Naples, who was again, is a, such an incredible human being. And she said, you can only do 
what you do with what information was available to you at the time so if you're blaming your parents for not having enough money when you were growing up it's not their fault it's just they just were doing the best they could with all the resources they had available to them at the time and I think part of wealth creation is kind of letting go of those blocks and remembering that that maybe difficult situation you came from wasn't necessarily those people's fault and there's just been all of these positive messages on the personal side that I think have been really important so when you asked my brain went like (laughs) because it was just so many that happened this year so those are the top three yeah that's cool so what was your letter again p p all right okay yeah i'm a performance coach i'm a property investor um i'm a podcaster you're right so it's like yeah i yeah it's just you're you're not you're not a piano player i'm definitely not a piano player well i actually am i got to grade four well done but now then (laughs) definitely not but yeah no p p follows me around a lot it's interesting yeah amazing so um shall we do a little bit of episode roulette Mm. yeah i'll just get my stuff okay so just as a recap for all of our new listeners, that uh, I will scroll through all our previous episodes, Kevin, and you shout stop at any point, and you just give us our your our view, give us your view <laughs> on that particular topic. Okie dokie. So I am scrolling. Stop. Oh, we are episode eight, newbies in property. Oh. oh. Right up your street. <laughs> well, I think we've been we've been talking about newbies a lot, haven't we? And one of the things with newbies is you've kind of got to determine right at the very beginning what your source of leverage is. And there are kind of five sources of leverage. Oh, hang on. Wait, this sounds dangerously educational. educational. Uh-oh, sorry. Well, yeah. let's say you've got to work out really what your outcome is and what, what resources you've got. And the two biggest resources you've got is finance and time. And I think they often have an aspiration way beyond their ability to deliver it in terms of time or way beyond the ability to deliver in terms of the finances they've got. So true. So they yeah. don't do enough preparation. Um, and also, I don't like the word newbie because it kind of implies that you might be new to property, but you can bring an incredible experience of life and relationships and value of all sorts of things. You might be standing on a whole mountain of value, just not uh, counting. So you're not a newbie. You're actually starting from a place of what you've already got. So I'd just take issue with the word newbie. Go oh, on. I love that. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, yeah. Okay, perfect. Okay, so I'm scrolling Sorry, again. Educational piece there. <laughs> <laughs> Don't get it out of me. <laughs> it's ingrained. <laughs> did you say stop? I did. You did? Okay, that's fine. I was hovering. I was like, did he say well, that? Stop wherever you are. It doesn't matter. <laughs> okay, so this is, okay, episode 12. Well, this is goal setting 2020, but as we're in now in 2021, I guess yeah. it's still relevant. Absolutely. I mean, as far as, I would say, you know, the begin always with the end in mind. And again, what I tend to see with people is they begin with a kind of a sense of, I want to do something, but they don't know why, and they don't know what the outcome is. And I see that particularly with funding. Uh, so I ask people, you know, what's your funding strategy? They go, what the hell's a funding strategy? I go, well, how much do you need to get the outcome you want? Is it 5,000 a month? Is it 10 grand a month? What, what's the figure? Then you can work backwards. So once you've got a, an outcome in mind, you can chunk it backwards 
to what you need to do each and every single month to make that happen. But most people won't do it. They just simply will not do it. It's too easy just to say, well, I'm just going to do something rather than create it with a plan that's already in mind. And it doesn't have to be very complicated. It's, you know, it's a cliche for a reason. You know, begin with the end in mind, old Dr. Stephen Covey. You can't argue with it. Mm. Very true. Yeah. I agree 100%. I think we've got time for probably one more on the, uh, on the roulette wheel. Or one the roulette, more, okay. Or the I'm, scrolling. Roulette. I'm scrolling. Well, we've gone from 8 to 12. What we got now? We'll stop. Ooh. Okay. Episode 19. Property wellness. Oh, what, is, what did you cover on property wellness? Good question. Good question. Good question. I don't remember that one. Does your health matter when it comes to property investing? Oh, health. yeah. Does your health matter? Yeah. Okay. So, you know, we talked a lot today about things like mindset, which is the health of your brain and how you see things and how you visualize things. But, you know, you don't just need a checkup from the neck up. You need a checkup from the neck down. <laughs> you have to- <laughs> Genius often meets resistance along the way. So there you go. Oh, God, I love that so much. <laughs> to, to be serious about the point, Niall, if the very vessel over which you're going to take one step in front of the other needs you need to have bodily, you know, sense to, to be able to keep well and healthy. Mm-hmm. So you're focusing on the, the free stuff to get your mind going to where you want to go and your body's not holding you back and you're being fearful and fretful of mm-hmm. a weakness in, your, in the in the vessel that carries you forward. So, Awesome. Fantastic. Serious point, despite Joe's. Being <laughs> Sorry. Check up from the neck up was hands down one of the best lines anyone has ever said on Property Jam. Love it. I've been, I've been waiting uh, for the last 40 minutes for a tagline <laughs> to write. Check up from the neck up. Check up uh, from the neck up. And I think okay. on that note, uh, we're going to say thank you very much, Kevin, for being with us. Uh, this week and I'll say it's a goodbye from me it's a goodbye from me it's a goodbye from me and I got it wrong but a goodbye from me (laughs) (laughs) come and jam with us on social media where you can hear more and see more on Facebook search Property Jam Podcast or you can follow us on Instagram at Property Jam Podcast or you can email us at propertyjumppodcast at outlook.com See you on the next episode